0: Hi, I'm Phil Newman, and welcome to the Impact Online Podcast. We are so glad you're here. Well, hey, everyone, grab your Bibles, get into the Word today. We've got a great year ahead of us, great Word today. I believe it's for absolutely everyone. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. It says this, uh, this is speaking of the resurrection of Jesus. It says, after the Sabbath, at dawn of the first day of the week, for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said. I want you to remember those words today, just as he said. The angel says, come and see the place where he lay. Today I wanna speak to you about the thought that God will always do what he says he will do. God will always do what he says he'll do. In uh, Hebrews, 10, we read this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That thought of unswervingly says, Look, there are going to be so many things that are going to try to steal your attention, try to distract you, try to confuse you, try to believe anything other than the promise that God gave you. But hold on. Don't get distracted. Don't get confused. Don't lose attention. Don't lose focus. Don't give anyone else that place of promise in your life because God will always do it. God is faithful to His Word. Uh, Numbers 23.19 says, God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? In other words, God cannot give you a word. God cannot give you a promise. God cannot give you a a, a revelation, a word and not fulfill it. God will always do what he says he'll do. I wonder what words he's given you. I wonder what words even a long time ago He's given you. Those confidences, those revelations, those reassurances, those dreams, those visions, those promises and purposes that He has deposited in your heart. You know that that's not just you know wishful thinking and motivational thinking and too much pizza, but you know that it was God that put it in your spirit and God has put it in your heart. And I wonder, even if they were given to you a long time ago, Are you still holding on to them? Because you might have forgotten or you might have given up on them or you might have thought other things have taken priority or you might have thought that man has stopped it or people have stopped it or your boss has stopped it or money has stopped it. But I want to tell you, God hasn't given up on it. God hasn't forgotten about the Word and God will always do what He says He'll do. And I want to unpack this small moment where Mary Magdalene, and and I personally always love the and the other Mary, the two Marys, turn up to see and honour Jesus, their Saviour, this kingdom leader who had uh, exploded grace in their life, love, kindness, fulfilled the law, relieved them of their personal pressure and stress and a sense of shame and guilt. And they had gone this day to honour Him. They had gone this day to stand outside His tomb that they believed was full, that they believed had His body in it. And they turned up to grieve, to mourn, and to honour, and to reflect. And in this moment, there are a few voices, if you like, that were telling them that God hadn't done what He said He would do, that God couldn't do what He said He would do. And I think that if we put ourselves in Mary and Mary's shoes, we too experience these voices in our lives and in this year the year on growth on every front that god has given you a word that he will grow he will bless he will break through he will do what he said he will do that these voices can rise up sometimes loudly sometimes subtly and they try to diffuse and dilute and distract and confuse and steal your attention and just start to get you to doubt and wonder if God will do. And today, as we unpack this, my hope and prayer is that you would continue to be confident, hold unswervingly to His Word that God will do what He said He would do. The first thing that I think preaches to us and and preaches against sometimes that God will do it is emotion. Uh, Think of emotions. Think of the emotions you felt today. Think of the emotion you're feeling right now. Only love and kindness towards me. But think of all your emotions. The angel, I think it's very interesting that before he reminded them about what God will do, that he has done what he would do, that he opens with fear not. He opens with addressing their emotion. Uh, this, this day, these women, Mary and Mary had come and they were covered in grief. They were covered in mourning. They were, had everything that they had put their hope and confidence in right before their eyes, their beautiful Jesus that they loved, that they had experienced forgiveness from, that they had so attached to, that they were following. They had seen Him crucified days earlier. These women were confused. These women were in mourning. These women were angry. These women were all over the place. They were incredibly overcome, as you would be, as I would be. It is very legitimate how they're feeling. They were overwhelmed with powerful emotion. But the thing is, emotions are terrible advisors. Emotions are terrible guides in our life. Emotions are terrible preachers to our soul. Emotions are terrible leaders. Why? Well, emotions change in a day, in an hour, in a minute. You can experience a whole range of emotions. Emotions are bad leaders to us because they change emotions are bad leaders to us because they have given even their authority that they try to exercise they've given their authority to people people can decide your emotion money can decide your emotion Uh, the temperature can decide your emotion if you get out the wrong side of the bed it can decide your emotion how much sleep you get can decide your emotion these things that really in the scheme of things should not have any authority, mate. Those things lead our emotions. And unfortunately, some people, even Christians who follow Jesus, let emotions lead them. And I want to remind you today that in spite of even your legitimate emotions that you feel, never let your emotions tell you if or when God will do something because they change and they shift and they are terrible advisors to your soul. Emotions must never, ever preach louder to us than God's Word. Uh, in Psalm 103, if you think of our emotions, they are part of our soul realm, our soul condition, and emotions are legitimate and important, and we need to be self-aware, be able to articulate, understand why am I feeling what I'm feeling. These things are important, but says in Psalm, praise the Lord, my soul. In other words, oi, emotions, praise the Lord. You might be feeling angry or insecure or jealous or envious or sad or depressed or anxious or stressed or whatever it is. Hey, emotions, praise the Lord. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, emotions, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And it brings back, this is preaching to His soul, His emotions, reminds Him of what God said He would do. Forgives all our sins. He heals all our diseases. He ransoms us from the uh, from uh, from the pit. He crowns us with com- love and compassion. He satisfies our desires with good things. He uh, our youth is renewed like the eagles. High emotions. You're not my leader. You're not my preacher. You don't tell me if God will do it because God, even though I'm fearful. God will always do what He says He would do. Hey, I'm not in any way saying dismiss your emotion. I'm just saying the Word teaches us and equips us to lead our emotion and our emotions can and should join us in praising God that He will do what He said He would do. Number two, the second thing we can pick out from this passage and I think it's so relevant to so many people that might preach against God's will, that might try to say, oh, God might not do it. The first thing is emotions, but the second thing is history. Everyone say history. It says that uh, these women turned up this day and three days earlier they had seen, they had witnessed, they had the evidence, they had the facts that Jesus had been crucified. They had the experience that Jesus was dead. But we know that their experience might have said that, but the truth was He was alive. See, there's, in, in the power we give experience, it can cause some problems for us. I don't know about you, but when I went to school, in a grade, I think around grade 10, I went and did work experience. And it's an idea that uh, to help children uh, decide what career, what studies uh, to do. Hey, why don't you go and spend a week in a profession with someone or with some people who are doing that and watch, observe, learn, hopefully understand, be inspired to. Anyway, I went and did a week's work experience in a law firm, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I went and worked with this lawyer on a murder trial and saw all the photos and sat through all the evidence. And by about a minute seven of my week of work experience, I had decided that I did not want to be a lawyer anymore and had to put up with another four and a half days pretending to be interested in this thing. But the experience shaped my future decisions. Now, in our lives, does not our experience speak very loudly to the decisions and the paths that we take in our future? And this is where it becomes a problem. See, my experience might say one thing, but God's Word might say another thing. And what will I listen to? My experience or His Word? my experience, what I've seen, what I would present as evidence, what I would present as facts, what I would present as history, as a something to be based on, or am I going to, in spite of that, present the Word of God, listen to the Word of God? In Ecclesiastes 3, it's the passage that I won't read today, but it speaks about there's a time for everything. In Ecclesiastes 1, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And it goes on to list a whole lot of uh, seasonal differences, a time for war, a time for peace, a time for laughing, a time for mourning, a whole lot of things. But it picks up in verse nine, it says, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. Look at this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. So we must understand in this, that God is always working on something, getting it ready for its time. And we must then also understand that if something has a breakthrough moment, just because we haven't seen it in our history, just because we don't have evidence of it in its history, doesn't mean that it won't happen. It's just It just wasn't its time. And so when we produce evidence as a decider for our expectation, when we give history a platform of authority in our lives beyond the Word of God, we're saying, well, I haven't seen it. So it's deciding, that history is deciding whether or not I will believe that it will. When God said, hang on a minute, in all of those seasons, I was at work preparing you preparing a harvest for you, a blessing for you, a breakthrough for you. And just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it won't happen. It simply wasn't. It's time. So friends, in your life, no matter what you've seen, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what your history has been, bring all of that, Romans 8, bring all of that to work together for His good and He will do it in its proper time. Number three, lastly, uh, emotions might say otherwise, history might say otherwise, but lastly, people might say otherwise. Uh, I think to myself at the moment, Mary and Mary, Mary and the other Mary were walking down, they arrived at the tomb. And there was a moment where they were there before the earthquake, before the angel appeared, before the angel rolled the tomb away, it was Mary and Mary eyeballing the guards. These guards were standing there, I'm sure uh, very, very confident because they had never, I suggest, and pretty confident, they had never ever guarded a tomb that had had a body put in it that there'd been a resurrection from. So they were very confident and Mary and Mary were eyeballing these guards. And think, you put yourself in their shoes, the sense, I guess, of intimidation or the sense of resolution of Jesus is buried, Jesus is dead, the confidence of these guards, the authority of these guards, the uh, intimidation of these guards. And in that moment, people were sending a message. In our lives, people are incredible voices and we have to absolutely be careful and wise to the voices that speak into our lives, our friendships, our faith, our church, our health, our souls, what people are preaching to you. Uh, In the book of Job, we read about Job who was going through very legitimate problems. Like these weren't like, uh, I'm having a bad day. This is, I'm having a bad life kind of problems. And Job had what, uh, for some reason, is called Job's friends. And these friends, who just they just sound dodgy. Uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They just sound quite dodgy. But these friends just preached badly to Job. Job's hanging on by his fingertips to his God, hanging on by his fingertips to the God will do what he said he would do. And they're preaching him. They're accusing him, blaming him, condemning him. They're causing Job to doubt. They're even encouraging suicide. They're teasing him. They're speaking against God. They're placing doubt in his spirit, in his soul. And these friends preached and preached to the point where Job turned on God. And I just love the last few chapters of the book of Job where God does his mic drop smackdown reminder to Job and all of his friends that he is always going to do what he said he'll do. Hey, there might be people in your life, teachers, partners, kids, strangers, hopefully no one in our church who would preach something to you that causes doubt, that causes jealousy, that causes insecurity, that causes fear. Never, ever, ever give airtime to those critical and condemning and life-stealing voices. The Word of God says that He'll do it, God will do it. Number one, emotions, number two, history, and number three, people. And so today, I wanna encourage you to hold on to what God is going to do. The most important thing, obviously, for us all to hold on to is the fact that Jesus came for our sin, and He offers us salvation. That He doesn't condemn, He doesn't expose, He doesn't uh, push you out, He doesn't uh, uh, point out your mess, jesus comes for your sin and your shame and your guilt and your mess and he offers salvation and if you don't know jesus i want to pray for you today that you would give your heart to him open up to him give him your sin give him your burden give him your shame and emotions history people might say otherwise but i want to say god will do what he said he'll do and he will forgive you he will redeem you he will set you free and give you a great future and eternity. If you want to be included in this prayer, I want to pray today. God, I thank you for people who for the first time or again are getting their hearts and lives right with you. And I thank you that you would forgive, bless, redeem, and restore their soul. I thank you for salvation in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. For us all, remember today, in spite of what emotions, history, and people would say, God will always do what He said He'll do. God bless. Thanks for listening to our Impact Online podcast. We release a new episode every week and you can access all our podcasts' videos via our website. Visit impactchurch.me for lots of extra resource. We'll see you next time at Impact Online.